Restaurant Unstoppable episode 799 with Rory Balkin and Rev Shencho. So you don't just want to post a picture of your chicken wings. You want to tell me what I should do. You don't just want to say, hey, we're open on Thursdays. You want to tell me to make a reservation. So you have to make sure that your post has a strong call to action on what is the next thing you want me to do and tell me how to do it. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Restaurant owners know it can be almost impossible to keep everything up to date, even making adjustments on your menu. And I know it's probably one of the most important marketing tools out there, if not the most important marketing tool. That's why I'm so happy to introduce to you Pop Menu, the restaurant tool to turn more first-time guests into regulars. Pop Menu seriously is the full digital solution for independent restaurant owners. When you invest in Pop Menu, you get a dynamic interactive menu that hooks your customers from the start. And let me tell you, they really do love that review feature. You get a mobile-friendly website, and I cannot stress to you enough how many people miss the importance of a solid website. And you also get marketing and integrations to build long-lasting relationships with your guests. What are you waiting for? As you can see, Pop Menu gives restaurateurs all the tools they need to put the focus back on what matters the most, the people, and the food. Trust me, if you are a restaurant owner, you need to check out Pop Menu to take your business to the next level. For a limited time only, my listeners get $100 off their first month plus an unchanging lifetime rate. Go to popmenu.com slash unstoppable. That's $100 off your first month at popmenu.com slash unstoppable. This episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And Seven Shifts is trusted by over 400,000 restaurant professionals because it gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. And because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you get three months absolutely free. Get started at www.sevenshifts.com slash unstoppable that's the number seven s-h-i-f-t-s dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free let me give you four reasons why you need me's in your restaurant one it's the most accurate recipe costing tool on the planet it will give you immediate output of your cost and your conversions that should be the only reason why you need me's but there's a second reason why you will train your staff the right way and save countless hours quickly and easily create slideshows with video and image compression so your team can see exactly what they need when they need it here's the third reason you will reduce your waste and execute with consistency. Mies enables you to make precisely the amount of food you need. That's because every ingredient has automated unit conversions. Here's the last reason. You will organize and share your content like never before. Mies is like Google Drive built specifically for the culinary operation. Go to getmies.com slash unstoppable and you will get your first three months free when you get the annual business plan. 
What's going on, Unstoppables? We have a great show for you today, but a quick reminder to please support this podcast. You can support it by supporting our sponsors. You can use our affiliate links whenever a tool or service is recommended organically on the show. Check the show notes to see if we linked to that tool or service. There's a good chance they're an affiliate, and I can earn a commission at no extra expense to you. Actually, I might even be able to save you money if you use our links. And then also share this podcast with everyone who's aspiring to be great in the industry. The mission statement is to transform the industry and we won't do it unless people know this podcast exists. So do your part and spread the word about this thing and help people who need the help get it through these stories and this inspiration. Uh, today, we are talking to Rory Balkin in Rev Ciencio. I hope I'm saying your name correctly, man. Every time I say it, I'm worried I'm saying it wrong. Uh, but uh, if Rory's name sounds familiar, Rory Balkin, it's because she was on the show not that long ago. Actually, just six episodes ago, episode 793. So if you haven't caught that episode, uh, make sure you check it out. We get a little bit into Rory's back uh, story or history. Uh, today, uh, Rory's back and she's joined with the Rev Chencho, uh, we get into a little bit of Rev's backstory, but really what we're here to do today is talk about the five ways to turn your Instagram followers into orderers, and we get really granular and really specific, and we give some great details. So with no further ado, here it is, turning Instagram followers into orderers. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest. Uh, back on the show a second time, Rory Balkin. And first time on the show, Rev Ciencio. Rory and Rev, are you guys feeling unstoppable today? Hell yeah. I wake up unstoppable. I'm psyched for this conversation. We've been talking about this a lot over the past 12 months of how to get more followers and how to move people from these third party platforms to using your own platforms. And uh, today we're going to be talking about how to turn followers into orderers. And I think that's just huge because we put so much emphasis on getting followers, but how do we get them to act? How do we get them to move from these third party platforms, whether it be delivery or social media, like Instagram, which we're talking a lot about today uh, to order straight from you. I was going to say, no, no pressure. (laughs) Right. You guys are going to be awesome. I know you are. Before we do get into it, uh, it is kind of a tradition here to start every episode off with a success quote or a mantra. I think Rory, I put you under the gun a few weeks ago. Uh, If the name Rory Balkin is familiar, it's because she was on the show a few weeks ago. Uh, We covered how to refresh and remarket and rebrand your catering. so head over to restaurant slash 793. If you want to listen to that episode uh, right now, Rev, I'm going to put you on the spot and have you share a success quote or a mantra that really gets you going. So what comes to mind, like to, to jazz up yourself, myself, Rory and our listeners. I mean, I have a hundred, so we'll just go yeah. to the first one that pops into my head and it's be awesome at two things and outsource everything else. Right. Jack of all trades is a, ja- a master of nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? pick the two things that you're really, really good at and like be even better at them. And the things that you're not good at, just have somebody else do them. Find the master of those two things. Yeah. That's a great way to get this thing started. And you've heard it. It's you can put that so many different ways, stay in your lane, you know, have your niche, whatever it is. But I, I 100% agree. Lean into the, the one or two things you do really well and surround yourself with other people who compliment you. Um, I am curious though. I feel like it's, that's really great advice. But even I've known for myself, there's a point where you can't hire people to do other things for you. you have to, there's a point where you have to do everything for yourself, right? Because you just aren't at that point where you have the, the revenue 
to hire people to do things you're not good at. So what advice do you have from transitioning? I'm curious. I know this isn't what we came here to talk about today, but I'm, I'm getting a little extra out of you. Uh, how well, do you, how, how did you transition through doing everything yourself to being able to outsource? So I'm an, I'm an advocate for learning. That's yeah. for sure. Right. And if you're going to outsource or even manage a team of people, you have to know the job that you want them to do and have at least some intimate knowledge of doing it before you can instruct somebody on what you want them to do. Right. Yeah. And so like, you know, we took it in terms of a restaurant, like you can't hire somebody to cook the pizza if you don't know how to cook the pizza. Yeah. Right. So you have to take the time to at least learn the the principles and the strategies of whatever it is that you want to do and have at least a working knowledge in some way so that you can instruct the person who's going to then do it for you. So, you know, you don't have to master it. You just have to understand it. Yeah, that's huge. And that's so important because. What happens if that person that you've hired decides that they don't want to work with you and tomorrow they're out of here? You're going to have to do that job temporarily until you find their replacement. So you should know how to do everything in your business in case somebody calls in the sick or quits or whatever reason. Absolutely. Uh, another piece of advice I just want to throw on this before we really dive into today's uh, topic is pay attention to what people are telling you you're good at because that's likely the lane you should stay in. And it's, sometimes <laughs> it's hard to figure out like where's, you know, where do I belong? Listen, the, the universe will put you on the right track. People will reinforce force what you're good at uh, what are your thoughts on that oh, yes. i agree with that one <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> if you hear awesome. people asking you same questions you know over and over again that means they look to you as a resource so pay attention yeah i love it awesome we got some bonus content today i love it so rev i want to learn just a little bit more about you this is your first time on the show i like to introduce uh, our our guests to our listeners learn a little bit be- about them before we dive into the content. So why should we be listening to you? What makes you an expert on today's topic? Um, I believe that pizza is a religion. That means I might have some interesting things to say. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm a former uh, former New York City bar owner. So I used to own a bar in the East Village, and we failed miserably. We had a bad partnership. Uh, and in that, I realized that like I wasn't really good at running a hospitality business, but I was really good at marketing one and really good uh, because like you guys just said, I would have other bar and restaurant owners would call me all the time. Like, how'd you get so many Facebook fans? How'd you get so many five-star reviews? How can we, how'd you guys build this giant email list? And like, we're really good at marketing. We're just really bad at operations. So, um, you know, when I, when I left that business and honestly, God, it's that we sold that business in 2016 at a loss right? As we talk now, it's 2021. I actually still have debts from that business. And I still write a check, a $300 check every month to pay off that the debts from that business. Oh, now, I, I like to point this out. I could actually write a check today to pay off the entire debt, but I don't uh, because just writing like that $300 check a month was like my little jab back at it. You know what I mean? Like I could just get back there. Anyway, I learned a lot in that process. And when, when we lost that, we lost that business and we got out of it. I was like, look, I'm not an operator, right? They don't call them restaurant marketers. They call them restaurant operators because they're good at operations. So I'm a restaurant marketer. Yeah. I'm good at that piece. Yep. Uh, and I dedicated my career from that moment forward into how can I help restaurant operators who are not bad or sorry, not good at marketing to help them with that. Uh, and, and I've spent time in, in software and technology and, and marketing and all that stuff. And so that's how I'm here today. Yeah, I think w- where that really comes into play, uh, February of 2020, I was the chief marketing officer at a software company and I got let go, uh, not because I sucked, uh, but because there was a global pandemic and the company was owned by TripAdvisor and they were, they were feeling the flow of uh, 
no people traveling. Yeah. So on February 27th to 2020, me and 60% of the uh, senior management staff got let go. I came home that day and I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm, you know, I'm a dad, I'm a husband. We got a house and a mortgage and health insurance. Like I would have freaked out like everybody. Instead, I started calling all my friends who owned restaurants and people that worked in the businesses. Like, what can I help you with? Uh, and at the time, everybody was was you know using third party to get delivery orders because we we're shifting to an all delivery and takeout model, right? You couldn't with the pandemic, you couldn't order on premise, you couldn't go eat in a in a restaurant, and so now restaurants were super reliant on Grubhub and DoorDash and Uber Eats to get more, uh, you know, get more orders. It was the only way. Uh, and so I kind of dedicated myself in that moment to helping restaurants to break the chokehold of, of third-party delivery apps and get their guests to order more frequently instead. Yeah. And what I love about your story too is uh, you started this this episode by giving us your success quote to focus on a few things and do a few things really well. Sometimes you got to fall hard on your face to figure out what it is that you do well. And I, I just love when I see successful people who have gone through shit and come out the other end far more successful and know that if you're if this is your first venture if you're if you're you know striking out into the world with your first business know that there's a good chance you might fail but the purpose of that business really is to figure it out right to to figure out like just to, just to take a chance um and be willing to be receptive to the world and figure out exactly what it is you're doing well and, and be willing to admit what you don't do well right um awesome stuff i think that really reinforces how we started today's episode and um let's get into it i, I love this so uh what just real quick ariel what are you going to be covering today give us a big picture and then we'll start to dissect Yeah, I'll give a recap. So Rev and I were chatting a couple months back about, you know, we always like to collab on, uh, you know, doing live webinars and um, other fun things to just share our knowledge. And we were talking about getting people to take real action from Instagram, right? Because we actually connected through Instagram, Rev and I, and the likes and the comments, those are great, right? But um, there's a quote out there. I think Matt Clapp says it, right, Rev? He says, you can't deposit likes in the bank. And so what we really wanted to do is teach people how to convert those followers into customers by actually ordering and using Instagram and other digital you know, channels as a source to drive them to your website or to drive them to order directly from you. So we've created an ebook. We've got five tactics. We've got a couple of bonus tactics in there, and we're excited to share a little bit with your followers here. Yeah. So the the five um, bullets I wrote I wrote down for the the, the items we're going to be covering today: optimize your profile, use order now buttons and stickers, Instagram, make your Instagram uh, shoppable, uh, create a guide of pro or create a guide of products. Or did you say four products before? A guide of your products. Yeah, a guide of your products and use strong calls to action. So let's just get right into that, that, that first bullet. Optimize your profile. What do you mean by optimize your profile? So I'll take this one. So um oftentimes when we've got, you know, independent restaurant owners bootstrapping their way, you know, trying to figure things out on their own. They they set up an Instagram account. They might not realize that there's a lot more access to analytics and features by setting up a business account and not a personal Instagram. So, you know, if talking about setting yourself up for success, you really want access to all of that information so that you know what's working and you're not just kind of going in blind. Um, So, you know, it's really easy to set up or convert your Instagram account from a personal to a business account. 
have it outlined in an ebook, but it's really a matter of Googling it, you know, just a couple of clicks and steps to convert and it's completely free. So there's no reason why you shouldn't convert to a business profile. And where are we going to look at that? Like, where do we navigate to to find that option to convert to a business profile? So basically, you have to go into your settings and then you go to account and then you should be able to scroll down and it lets you switch to a professional account. Yeah. Um, there is something new called a creator. Uh, I wouldn't worry about that. That's more for bloggers and creators. Rev, I don't know if you have any thoughts about creator accounts, but I, I've stuck with a business account myself and I find it to work pretty well. Yeah, you're, you're operating a business. You should have a business account. <laughs> like it's plain and simple. And there's efficiencies yeah. that you gain in, in having that that you need. And there's analytics that you get that you can't have otherwise. So, so you know, the, Step one, make sure that if you're a business, you're using a business profile. Absolutely. Okay. You said there's uh, uh, efficiencies and analytics to gain when you set up a business account or a business profile. What are those efficiencies and analytics that we wouldn't otherwise have access to? Well, there's things like, you know, you want to have an order button and you want to see what your, you know, what does your follower growth look like? There's this, there's a lot of backend analytics that are available that, you know, best time of day to post or, you know, what is your follower growth or, or attrition look like? So you don't get any of those in a regular profile. So, you know, hopefully I'm guessing most people who are watching this or reading uh, or listening to you probably already have a business profile. So I don't know that we should dangle too long on this, but basically yeah. like if you're not already on a business profile, like do it, you're a business. That's what you should use, you know? Yeah. Got that's it. the easy switch. Uh, and then as far as the profile itself, there's ways that we can optimize that first impression. So when you do get someone to land on your profile, what are you showing them in the first two to three seconds that gives them enough information to keep on your page and scroll and learn more and, order pretty quickly. So, you know, you want to have the basics. Think of it as a digital storefront. Where are you located? What kind of food do you sell? Can you pre-order? You know, you have one link in your bio. Where are you driving people to? Are you using your highlight section? I like to think of the highlight section as the different tabs on your website, right? So like, what's your menu? Uh, What are your, you know, how do you order? Maybe a little behind the scenes of your crew, maybe a little customer love, showing some user-generated content, maybe your safety protocols. What are you doing these days to keep your staff and your customers safe? Got it. So looking through this list you just dropped on us, um, you talk about the highlight section. Um, get into that. What, do you, what is the highlight section exactly? So the highlight section are those little bubbles that are saved at the top of your profile. They're basically... Instagram stories that you have saved. So they don't disappear after 24 hours. You're saving them and you're categorizing them in a way that people can view afterwards. So they're, they're different hot topics that you want people to tap through and learn more about your business enough that they want to order from you. What are some of the most common effective topics you're seeing restaurateurs use and have success with? Topics for the highlights? Yes. So I went over a few, but you know, definitely menu, definitely how to order. Um, it's really nice to humanize your brand as well. So I love it when a restaurant will show you a behind the scenes of here's our head chef. Here's our story. Today, we're featuring the employee of the month. You know, here's a fun fact about Steve. Uh, here's Steve baking a latte or the burger, whatever it is. And then also showing some of your food and your products in action. So maybe you're sharing some customer photos. And that's the whole highlight just dedicated to that. Rev, yeah. any, any other examples come to mind? 
Yeah, I would say like, what are the things that you're known for that aren't your food, right? Like, do you do special events? Are you into charity fundraising? Is somebody in your business well known for their celebrity or part of their community? But like, you, you make a good point is if you think of the highlight bullets, like the tabs on your website, like what are the things, what is the information that people need to make a transaction? Got it. So right. it'd be about so, the, the like information about the business. You also mentioned um, earlier, um, w- w- like where are you located? Is that like right in, are you su- suggesting you put like the address like right in your bio at the very top? Like what are some of the other things that you think should absolutely be in the bio, like right at the top? You can list your location in a couple of ways. So you can literally type the text in your bio. So if you're in New York City, or if you have a couple of locations, you know, you can list out those cities. Um, But if someone's landing on your page because they've heard about you from a friend or um, however they get there, you know, they, you need to know where you're located to see if it makes sense for them to order from you. So you can type it in your bio. Um, You can also add your business address as well. Um, and that's part of the features of having a business profile. And then, you know, there's there's contact information as well that you can add buttons. So how to whether it's an email, whether it's a phone number, however you prefer to be contacted. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say make sure that you have in, in the bio piece, like at least one sentence about what makes you special, right? So it could be what kind of food you serve or why people care about the business or whatever. But like think of it this way. When somebody gets to your profile for the first time, it's a front door. You need to have a welcome mat, right? You need to have a handle for them to open. And so think of all the things that if somebody is going to spend three seconds, literally three seconds, what do they need to know? Who are you? What do you do? Where are you? And what's the next step? Yeah. What, what about, I see this it's a like lot. It's like a dating profile. Yeah. I see this a lot. Like what, what restaurant tours will do, say if they own four locations, they'll always tag the other locations and their personal handles. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, if it makes sense for your business, if those things are important, then I would say yes. You know, like if you're a regional business and, you know, you're in 12 states, like uh, you're not going to list out all states. But, you know, if all of your locations are in Virginia, you could say locations across Virginia. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you have like a famous chef and it's important to call them out in the bio because like, like, you know, you're Charlie Palmer. Yeah. Right. Like, yes, you should put Charlie Palmer in the bio. But like if it's not think of it this way. Don't think about your ego when you write your bio. Think about what does your customer or your guest need to make a decision or take action? And that's what should be in the bio. What is the very least amount of information that they need to either follow you and or place an order or make a reservation? And I'll, I'll read a quick example from one of my favorite donut shops to kind of put this into, you know, bring this to life. So PB Donuts, they're based in Providence, Rhode Island. Here's their profile. Pretty simple. Rhode Island's first specialty donut shop, family-owned, made, rolled, cut, and dipped by hand, open Wednesday, Sunday, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., order ahead, and they point to their link in the bio where you can order directly. I love it. I feel like PV Donuts is, PVD Donuts is calling to me because I literally just sent them an email last week to be a guest on the show. <laughs> so it's so funny that you're using them as an example. I was in Rhode Island yeah. last week. So there you go. It's all of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, right now we're still on the first topic that we're going to be covering today, optimizing your profile. We've covered a lot, creating a business account, uh, optimizing your profile itself. Anything we have not touched on under optimizing your profile that we need to dive into. I, I got something. Please. So 
uh, Instagram business profiles allows you to put contact information, right? Phone number and email primarily. Why would you ever put an email in there that you're not going to check, right? (laughs) So stupid. And I I don't want to berate people, but like, You put an email there so that somebody can reach out to you. Maybe they want to book a party. Maybe they want to have have you cater their wedding. Maybe they need to cater their... I don't know, right? But if you're going to put an email address, which you should, in the profile of your Instagram uh, account, make sure it is an email you check, right? Because there's nothing more frustrating than you're a consumer trying to do something with a business and you just end up in a black hole. Yeah. So I love that. You put an email you actually check. I love that. Uh, Rory, do you have anything to add? Well said. I think don't leave money on the table. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we ha- we've had a few people join us since starting this conversation. I just want to remind you guys that if you have questions, feel free to write your questions in the comments section. We'll be sure to get to the questions at the very end with a Q&A. Uh, thank you for joining us. So let's move on. Unless there's anything else you want to drop on us regarding optimizing your profile to number two. Good. Rock. All right. Number two, use order now buttons and stickers. What do we need to know about order now buttons and stickers? April of last year, right? So about a year ago, Instagram introduced a couple of new features for Instagram stories that make it easier for restaurants to drive people directly to order. Okay. So if you use certain partners that Instagram is associating themselves with, you can add those stickers to your stories. So think about putting a picture of your pizza special with a sticker on top that says order now and the person can click the button and get there. Um, Now we have some caveats with this because the partners Instagram does partner with some of them are the third party apps. And uh, I, I know Rev's got some, you know, good insight on that and some opinions. So we have a caveat there, but it is a way to get people to order in a seamless way. Okay. Rev, I got to know, man, what, what are your, what are your opinions? <laughs> well, I would tell you that you need to take advantage of the order now button, reg- regardless of how you're taking the order, right? Humans like, we like instruction, right? We like to be told what to do, right? Nobody likes to think for themselves, right? So you want to make sure that if you can have access to the order now button, that you have the order now button, right? And with that, and you will get into this later, but in your content, you also have to tell people to order now, right? Now, if it was me, right, I would not direct people to third party. I would not send somebody to Grubhub or DoorDash or Uber Eats, because the ridiculously high commissions that you have to pay to do that and the fact that they own your customer, right? The fact that you can't remarket to them, right? That being said, if you have the conversion system set up to get somebody to order from you on all other orders after the first one through Grubhub, then it's not the worst idea. You know what I mean? The and worst idea that- would be not doing something. So what do you mean by the, con- so you're talking about getting people off third power with a third power, third party, to your own uh, native platform. So if you had that set up, um, so once they get to this third platform, there's ways for them to move away from third to migrate to your own platform. So you can't, what you're saying, I just want to make sure I understand you is you can go to third party. If you have those other actions set up in place. Yeah. I'm an advocate for Grubhub and DoorDash and Uber eats, uh, skip the dishes, Deliveroo, whichever one you're using. Um, 
so long as you do have a system that was built in to convert people over to your own online ordering. Yeah, why? And essentially, that system basically just mimics what Grubhub's does. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Now, what we don't is calling out your third-party affiliations in your bio because you're wasting precious real estate, and they can find you anyway on the marketplace. So let Grubhub take care of that marketing for you. Don't don't market for them um, anymore. But the stickers is just one feature that kind of gets you, gets the customer starting through that funnel. And like Rev said, if you have the process in place to after they're, they're you know, ordering from you through, say, Uber Eats or Grubhub, that you can convert them to order from you directly. But I do know one of the partners um, through this feature is Toast. Toast. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's um there's really easy guides online to figure out how to set these up. It's just an action button that you're setting up. So again, Google's your best friend, but I like a website called later.com. They've got a lot of great resources for marketing and they have a, a really easy guide on how to set this all up. Okay, if you it works with Chow Now as well. So if you're using Chow Now or Toast to do your online ordering, you could just link that button right in the bio. All right, beautiful. So where where do we go to find this button? I know this seems, probably seems like really like obvious questions, but like right now, if I'm listening to this, I'm like, I need to get that button in my profile. Like what's the step-by-step process to find that button and, or to implant or to embed that button in your profile. So I'm uh, opening up my phone. Now you do have to go to your actions tab. So again, you have to have a business profile, but if you go to your settings, but basically, you're going into the settings of your profile, and you're adding an action, and you'll be able to set it up that and, way. And the action is to implant or to um, embed a sticker that says "Buy Now," and then from there, you have options to connect straight to the third party or Chow Now or Toast. Is there just like a drop down menu? Like, what's that look like? There's two. There's two things, right? So we're talking about a button in your profile. Yep. Right. So you want to make sure you have the order now button in your profile. But then also when you're posting stories, you can put a sticker in the story that directs people to do the same action. Okay. Right? Gotcha. But you have so, to set up the, that action button first. Yeah. Gotcha. So first set up the button and then that will enable you to put stickers in your story. Yes. Right. And there, and for those of you who are watching live right now, <laughs> I don't know if you can see. <laughs> well, this is this is in our ebook, but that's what the um, sticker looks like in a Got story. And it. this handle, it's Little Lemon. Okay, if you look up Little Lemon on Instagram. Yep. And then from so once you go through these steps to get the button set up and the sticker set up, uh, just to make sure I, I understand, the best practice is to redirect people straight to your own platform. And if you're using Toast, which is not paying us to say this right now. They're just the number one recommended platform on the show right now. They have the ability to basically link your Instagram straight to your POS. Yeah. And if you get, I mean, Rory just mentioned the book, but if you download the ebook, we have a list of uh, all the available USA and Canada partners that you can link that button into. And if you don't want to download the ebook, you could just Google that. So Got mm-hmm. it. Beautiful. Thank you very much. And um, there will be a link to get that ebook. Um, we'll have calls to action at the end. So if you guys are interested in that ebook, for sure, we'll let you know how to get and if, that. And if you're watching live, I already put the link in the chat. So Beautiful. you can yes. just go get it. Yes. Um, okay. Anything else we need to consider uh, when it comes to using uh, order now buttons and stickers? No, use them. <laughs> Got it. Uh, so I think now is a great 
time to take our first break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back to dive into three, four, and five of the uh, things we're going to be touching on today. Here are four reasons why you need Mies in your restaurant. One, it's the most accurate recipe costing tool on the planet. Never again waste time trying to find yields and converting unit measures or creating extra sub recipes just to account for yield updates because Mies has a database of thousands of ingredients and prep actions with yields and conversions built right into the interface. So you get immediate output of your costs and your conversions. That's huge. Number two, you will train your staff the right way and save countless hours. Your team sees in real time updates of all the recipe content. Plus, you can send notifications and answer questions directly through Mies. Quickly and easily create slideshows with video and image so you can show your team exactly what they need when they need it. Here's the third reason why you need Mies in your restaurant. You will reduce waste and execute with consistency. Mies enables you to make precisely the amount of food you need. And that's because every ingredient has automated unit conversions. Tell Mies how many portions you want. Watch your recipe scale automatically. Tell Mies how much yield you want. Watch it scale automatically. You can even enter the amount of ingredients you have on hand and then watch the recipe scale automatically. Here's the fourth and final reason why you need Mies in your restaurant. It organizes and shares your content like never before. Mies is like Google Drive specifically for the culinary operation. Here's your call to action. Go to getmees, that's M-E-E-Z dot com slash unstoppable and make sure you mention Restaurant Unstoppable when signing up to get three free months when you get the annual business plan. Get on it. We're back and now we're going to talk about the third bullet you gave us today that we're going to be covering Instagram shoppable making your instagram shoppable dive into it now this is awesome because i actually didn't know you could do this until rory told me about it so she she should she should go into deep here because i'm grateful for her for making me aware that this could be done (laughs) get after it rory so so the thing is you know when you think about instagram shops you probably think about retail right so in the female world i think about makeup and you know might think about nike for example but it's a really, really underutilized feature for restaurants. And you can set up your Instagram shop, not just for the perishable food that you sell, but for merchandise, okay? For complimentary products that you offer. Maybe it's a cookbook. Maybe it's a mug um, or coffee beans, whatever it might be. You can set up a shop by having a business profile and have a little icon. You can tag your photos in your Instagram feed to make them shoppable. And uh, because it's such an underutilized feature in the restaurant world, in the food and beverage world, I think it works even better because you're going to stand out that much more. Yeah. So if I just got some new merch and some new hats or t-shirts, um, it would be good practice to basically just you know show those off in your story and then put that button or that sticker uh, in the story right there. And you can purchase those items or take you to what your is it Shopify that's integration or like what's going on? Like what's the integration there? Yeah. So um, basically you have to, you know, after you set up your business account you have to connect it to a Facebook page. So you need that one as well. And then you are uploading your product catalog and you can do it manually, but you can also use one of Facebook's partners. I do know Shopify is one of them, but they have a couple of other integrations so either way you do it, you know, you're setting up your catalog, basically, you get Facebook to approve it. 
And then um, you should have basically a shopping setting. You'll see like a new feature you can turn on and you can start tagging your products. So say you take a photo, you know, Mother's Day is coming up as we record this. Say you take a photo of your Mother's Day brunch special. Um, You can tag it and have it linked to your product catalog where people can pre-order your Mother's Day brunch. Okay. So it's just creating that frictionless experience, less you're driving people to take an action and you're just making it easy for them to get what they want in that moment. So what exactly is the difference between um, we we just covered having these stickers in our story, right? Versus making Mm -hmm. Instagram shoppable. I mean, what, what exactly is different about these two items we're covering right now? So stickers are for Instagram stories. The shoppable posts are for your feed. So those don't disappear. And um, let me show you an example. Okay, so Bear Burger, we talk about in our ebook. Bear Burger recently tagged a photo of their Brussels sprouts, I believe. They sell more than just burgers. <laughs> and if you go and click on that, you'll see it. There's a little, there's a little like shopping cart or like a shopping bag icon in the top right corner of any post that is shoppable. They did it also on a really amazing looking oh, cheeseburger. It's got bacon. It's got onion rings. So if you see that picture, right, and you have an opportunity to click on it and pre-order it immediately for your lunch, wouldn't you want to do that if it's seamless? So you can literally tap your finger on that photo. It says view products. Okay. It will pull up the product in the catalog and you can access it right away. So um, that is a really cool feature. Um, Now, the extra part, though, with having this Instagram shop set up is that you can actually get the swipe up feature on your Instagram stories to your Instagram shop, even if you don't have 10,000 followers. So it's just, again, you know, instead of saying link in bio to order your juicy cheeseburger for, you know, Friday, you can directly send them there to your shop. Got it. Rev, do you have anything to add? No, Rory covered all of the points here. So when you say the catalog, is that catalog, where does this catalog live? Is this on our website or is this in a third party? What, kind of paint that picture for me a little bit better. You have to set it up on the back end of Facebook. And if you use Shopify, for example, then it's a pretty easy integration. I think they also partner with um, Big Commerce. So... It's just a matter of, you know, diving into it once uh, once you do want to set up a shop. So you're and, just using um, meals like a, a, like a merchandise item. You're taking a photo of the meal like you'd have a photo of a T-shirt or whatever. Yeah. And what about tying that to your, like, how are you processing this? Stripe? So there's actually two different kind of Instagram shops. And they're, okay, so there are some places like Beer Burger where if you click on that photo, okay, and it will, there's a button that says view on website. Like it pulls up for those of you who are watching this live. Let me see if I can get it to focus. It's very bright. Nah, you're just going to have to <laughs> <laughs> forget it. Okay. So if you tap on a shoppable post, it'll take you to that, you know, item as if it were ready to buy. And there's a button that says view on website. Okay. Yeah. So you do have to have one more click to get to the website. The second type of Instagram shop, 
the button, instead of saying view on website, it will say add to cart. So it's an instant buy, basically. Okay. Now, Instagram likes that version because they get a cut of the sales. Um, so that's for people who have stored their information as a customer. If you store your information on Instagram, that you can buy directly within the platform. So that's good for Instagram. It's good for the customer experience. Not as great for the restaurants because you're losing some money on that. So you just have to look at the difference and see what makes sense yeah. to you. And I would recommend starting out with the version that you know you have to click onto your native website. Got it. And this is you basically all- one. You want to remove friction, right? Like, how do I get you to take the action? And so these are just ways to complete a step. So when you say remove friction, you're saying the fewer hoops to jump through, the better. Correct. The less clicks, mm-hmm. the better. Uh, anything else relative to making your Instagram shoppable that we haven't touched on yet? Ooh, I think we, we covered it. I would just emphasize that merch is like really cool to add um, to your shop, especially if you have your brand is like very well recognized or you've got some quirky slogans. What are you holding there of? Uh, a, a trucker hat from Riley's rib cage, which is the best ribs in New Jersey, but literally like people want to buy this hat, you know, get it to them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's free advertising for your business. If you have customers walking around with your hat or your sweatshirt, like I'm wearing a shirt that says donuts right now. Yeah. So I'm curious. There's a lot of options out there for us to go through to get our merchandise. What are some of the, the tools and services out there that you guys direct your customers to if they are looking to brand and put their logos and stuff on merchandise? I mean, there's, there's, I come from, I come from a, a merch background in the music business. There's umpteen amount of options. Again, with me, I don't want to house and, and ship and store stuff. So I would just, I would have somebody else print, maintain and sell all my merchandise for me. So, but if, you know, if you don't want to do that, if you want to have the t-shirts in your, in your store and you want to do fulfillment, like find a local t-shirt guy and have them printed. You know so if, we're, if you're choosing that first option where we want it to be kind of like, um, like on demand, uh, you know, you order it, they print it, they send it. Who do you like to use for that service? Uh, there are literally thousands of options. You know, I would so, t- tell somebody to just Google online, like t-shirt fulfillment or merchandise fulfillment restaurant, find the one that's cheapest, easiest. And you like it. Like it's a commodity business at this point. Gotcha. And uh, I'll say for Dallas donut fest, what we did last year, it found a local print partner who prints on demand. So what that means is, you know, I didn't order 500 t-shirts ahead of time and hope to God that they sell. Plus, I don't have the storage in my house for yeah. that. I've got a toddler running around. She's going to destroy it. Yeah. So, um, so we found a partner. Okay. We set up an online shop. It's really easy to create mock-ups. And as soon as someone clicks the order button, that's when the print partner knows to fulfill it. So you're not holding on to inventory. Now, if you're a restaurant, you might want to hold a little bit of inventory by your front register, right? Like mugs or t-shirts, hats, that kind of thing. But you don't need to have a whole retail store's worth. All right, cool. I think we can move on to the fourth bullet, which is create a guide of products. So what do you mean by that? So there is a there is a feature and most almost everybody has this called guides, right? And you basically go through and you would create a guide when you're in your Instagram profile and it allows you to tag either posts you've already some you've already put in your feed or other people's content, right? And so then it creates almost like a flip book, right? So somebody goes to your guides tab and you can have a guide for like 
your events. You can have a guide for your menu. You can have a guide for your merchandise. You can have a, uh, let's say you're very active in your community. You could have, you know, a guide for other restaurants or other businesses. And, and so basically it's really simple to do. It's, it's a little difficult to explain, but the minute you pick it up and you click guides and you click one, it'll be like, Oh yeah, I just blah, blah. And you can search by location. You can search by your own content. You can search by a number of things. It's really easy to create guides. Like me, I'm not a restaurant, but I have a guide, like my favorite pizzas in New Jersey, right? If you follow me, and you want to know where I like to eat pizza or where I think you should eat pizza in New Jersey, just click my guide and I'll show you all of them. Right. But you can do that with your own content as a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. It's, it's super easy to set up. So basically you hit your plus button on your profile. It gives you options, right? Do you want to create a post, a story, a reel? I mean, there's so many things to do on Instagram these days. One of those options is a guide. So you tap on that. There's three different types of guides. You can create a guide of places, um, so say this would be more relevant probably for like a travel blogger. There's products. So those are products you might recommend that are sellable. And then there's posts. So it doesn't have to be always a shoppable guide. But again, if you do have your shop set up, it's just going to create less friction and an easier experience for your customer. So if you do click on the products you have the option of adding products from your shop, okay, your Instagram shop. And um, this, again, is not done often in the restaurant world. Um, one example that I like to use or tell people about is Snap Kitchen. And they're all about like healthy prepared meals. So if you go onto their Instagram profile and you hit that guide icon, you'll see they have one, Snap Kitchen bestsellers, our best paleo meals, top 10 comfort foods for winter, And you better believe they're driving people to their products, to their meals. Right. But let's say, let's, let's use a couple of restaurant examples, right? Let's say that you have um, more gluten-free options than your competitor. Okay. You could go create a gluten-free guide, right? So if somebody is going to your restaurant and be like, Hey, here's all of our gluten-free things. Right. Or let's say that you have an, 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 a decent amount of vegetarian options and you want to cater to that audience. You can have a vegetarian guide. Let's say that you're a gastro pub and you're known for having really cool craft beers. You could have craft beer pairing notes. Like, Hey, if you're ordering the burger, this be-. like, basically you take the content you've already created and curate it into an experience that aligns with somebody's specific interest to your business, right? Or you could have like a wine pairing guide, what, whatever. The point is it helps you organize content in a way that becomes relevant to your guests for an interest or, or, or thing that, they, that they're into. Yeah, and what, as I'm listening to you talk, what's going through my mind is a lot behind every great restaurant is a great person, and that restaurant is typically an extension of that person, their interest, and their higher purpose, whatever the you know, their why is right. And you can use these guides to kind of feed into whatever that why is, whatever you're an expert on beyond the restaurant industry, but you can kind of use this to kind of kind of a feed into your culture and the change you're trying to make into the world. And you, maybe your, your, your passions like hip hop, right? You could have a, you know, a, I don't know, like a creative, I don't know. I'm sticking out loud because there's somebody out that, that we're, we're working with and eating uh, Xer seven North coffee. And like his passion was hip hop and creators, uh, so you could have like a, a local creators guide where there's other people who are creators and you're trying to promote like local talent or something like that, but it gets behind your mission. I mean, maybe that's, is that like a good example or is there a better example you can think of? You could definitely curate posts from other people's accounts as well. If that's part of your promoting others um, collaboration. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You could also curate posts of 
you know, the more personal side of your business, like our story, our people, you know, so you can, you're basically just curating any posts you've put on your main feed that features non-food stuff. And I think about guides as really relevant for Gen Z because I myself, I'm a millennial, but Gen Z is a first generation to have grown up with the internet. They have never walked into a restaurant without a phone in their pocket. They probably never walked into a restaurant without knowing what the menu is ahead of time. It's crazy. And they're looking a lot on social media, right? So if you have all that information curated for them in an experience on your Instagram page and you make it easy for them to know ahead of time, I know exactly what I'm going to order. Um, and I, um, I I want this special because, you know, it looks really great. Then you've pre-sold them. Got it. Uh, any other details around creating a guide of products that we need to get into that we have not gotten into up to this point? Just get started. Yeah. The first one's not going to yeah. be perfect. The first one's not going to be perfect. It might not even be awesome. It. Just like anything. Go, just yeah. do it. Just go create one. Yeah. Um, and. <laughs> And just a reminder, I'm pretty sure, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but everything that we're talking about right now is in your ebook, step-by-step processes to how to, to execute these things we're talking about. Yes, sir. Awesome. All right. So one more quick break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back. What is one of the most overlooked and important marketing tools out there? It's your menu. And honestly, I cannot blame owners for overlooking their menu. It can be super tedious and boring work, let's be honest. Not to mention, it's time-consuming between all the other channels of marketing, i.e. social media, direct mail marketing, and managing your operations and customer relations. Who has the time to dink around with their menu? Not many people, right? So that's why I'm super excited to introduce to you Pop Menu, the restaurant tool to turn more first-time guests into regulars. From the website to the marketing to the contactless ordering, Pop Menu is the full digital solution for your restaurant. Pop Menu also provides a dynamic mobile-friendly menu that hooks your customers from the start. And this is a really cool tool. Diners have the ability to leave dish reviews, which really helps your menu speak for itself. Beyond these engaging features, Pop Menu provides marketing tools to build long lasting relationships with your guests. For example, you have the power to send automated texts and emails to incentivize new orders or promote new dishes. You can even set up online ordering and delivery direct through Pop Menu. This means less ordering complications and loss commission to third-party apps. We all love that. Frankly speaking, when Pop Menu reached out to me to be a sponsor, I didn't know much about them. We all know my rules that I only promote the tools and services that are recommended on the show. So I had to reach out to my network to get their approval. And I have to tell you, the feedback has been nothing but positive. People really like the menu review feature, the email marketing integration, and the fast and friendly customer support, which cannot be overlooked. For a limited time only, get $100 off your first month, plus you can lock in one unchanging monthly rate. Go to popmenu.com slash unstoppable. That's $100 off your first month at popmenu.com slash unstoppable. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And effective labor management is more important than ever to ensure your profitability and restaurant success. Trusted by over 400 restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. Best of all, Seven Shifts integrates with the POS and payroll system you already use and trust like toast, turning labor into a competitive advantage for you and your business to get three months absolutely free. Head over to www.sevenshifts.com slash unstoppable. That's the number seven S H I F T S.com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. Get on it. All right, we're back. We have one more bullet to hit, and then we're going to do some Q&A. So the last bullet, use strong calls to action. So what does that look like? So people need to be told what to do, right? Your guests need to know what is the thing that you want them to do and how to do it, right? So if you post a picture of your pizza of the day or your hamburger of the week, and you don't end it with, click the link in our bio now or place an order now, you're like leaving breadcrumbs on the table, right? You have to tell people what is the next step. You have to have a strong call to action that lets them know what is the thing that they're supposed to do next, right? You might be like, well, it should be obvious. We're a restaurant. Like, yes, it should be, but we're humans. We're stupid, okay? (laughs) We really like to be told what to do. We follow directions well, most of us, right? Yeah. So you don't just want to post a picture of your chicken wings. You want to tell me what I should do. You don't just want to say, hey, we're open on Thursdays. You want to tell me to make a reservation. So you have to make sure that your post has a strong call to action on what is the next thing you want me to do and tell me how to do it. So let's say that your post, your content is about getting me to sign up for your email blast or download your app or make a reservation. You have to tell me, click the link in bio to download our app. Click the link in our bio to to join our email blast. Click the link in our bio to make a reservation, right? And and I, I think I had an example of, I used to keep a link of it to my desk and a link, but like Shake Shack, anytime they promote their app, They'll do a carousel of stories of like, okay, go here, click, you know, swipe, download here, press this button. And you literally get, it's like, here, I have a under the desk elliptical, right? To use my elliptical, I get given a guide. Do this, step one, yeah, step, step two, step, step three. Yeah. Like you could create that as a post and in there, call to action. Hey, order a pizza. Make sure you do this. Don't forget to add the pepperoni. Like use strong calls to action. Okay, now, here's the thing. This is super important. Everybody write this down. Get a pen. If you're listening later, write a pen. If you're watching us live, get a pen, okay? How often should you have a call to action on online ordering or to place an order, okay? One out of every three pieces of content needs to have a call to action about placing an order. One out of every three uh, pieces of content needs to have a call to action about placing an order. Now there are two types of call to actions. Okay. There's soft CTAs and there's hard CTAs. A soft CTA is when you say, Hey, check out our sandwich of the week. It's got mortadella and mozzarella and provolone and blah, 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 blah. And then at the end of that post, 
you say, click the link in our order buyer now, right? So the content is about the thing in the photo or the thing that you're doing, right? And the CTA is at the end. It's not an afterthought, but it's the final thought. Okay, that's a soft CTA. A hard CTA is when the content is actually about the call to action, Okay. So the content is, Hey, download our app. Our app does this cool thing. Or, you know, make sure you order direct. We keep more of the money and we don't, we, you know, we get to help you more. So when the content is actually about the action, right? It's not an afterthought. That's a hard CTA. Now, why do I bring that up? So remember I said one out of three pieces of content needs to have a CTA. Okay. One out of three CTAs needs to be a hard CTA. Right. So if you're looking at somebody's profile and they have their the top nine last night or latest nine posts, three of those nine should have a call to action. And one of those three needs to be a hard con, uh, hard call to action. That content needs to be about the call to action, not an afterthought. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, so I want to make sure I understand. So um, uh, a hard call to action would have been that Shake Shack example where you gave where you're like, boom, like order now and then. If this is a story, then every other story after the the call to action is the step by step process too. But the first, so the first post would be a soft call to action, and the the remaining posts thereafter are hard calls to action, showing you exactly what to do. Or is is that not the right terminology? Am I getting so one? one let's you will use Instagram. Okay? <laughs> one out of every three posts to Instagram needs to have a call to action. Yep. Okay. So imagine you have nine posts, right? You've posted nine days in a row. Three of those nine will have a call to action of the three calls to action. One has to be a hard CTA. So in the Shake Shack example, they want you to download their app. So the content in the hard CTA is about the app. It's not about burgers and French fries and chicken sandwiches. Hey, we're Shake Shack and we have an app. And when you download our app, you get to earn royalty points and you can order ahead and you don't got to wait in line. Right. So it's a hard CTA. And then what they do, which is really cool, if it's an Instagram feed post, they'll do a carousel. So it's multiple images. And then the images in each one will show you what to do. Go to iTunes store press this button, download this, enter your email address. And so they give you literally like a guide, yeah. like a step-by-step manual on how to do the yeah. thing. So I got the hard call to action down pretty good. Give me one more example of a soft call to action. A soft call to action. Uh, so it'd be like, Hey, Hey, everybody. Uh, you know, we had this great birthday party here this week and you should book a birthday party here too. Click the link in our bio to book your party reservation. Right. So it's not necessarily a hard one. The easiest soft call to action, the easiest one to example is you post a picture of food, right? You describe the food, you talk about the food, and then at the end you go, get yours now, place the link, click the link in our bio. Beautiful. Awesome. Anything else to drop on us regarding best practices using strong calls to action? I'll just add that I think a lot of restaurant operators are afraid to talk about calls to action because they don't want to be seen as salesy, right? But you have to remember a couple of things. And one is that not everyone is seeing every single post. I look at my own posts, but I remind myself not everyone is seeing them because of the algorithm. And that goes for Facebook and Twitter and every other platform as well. So that's the one thing. And the second thing is if a customer is following you on social media, they are giving you permission to market to them. So take advantage of that. Uh, There's nothing that's more frustrating. One of my favorite donut shops in the whole country, and I'm not going to call out names, but they post their Instagram strategy, uh, and I'm using that in air quotes, they will post a picture of an item, and sometimes 
option. And sometimes it's just the name of the menu item and that's it. Not like if we build it, they will come. You've got to tell your customers where to go next from there. Right. Got it. Awesome. Uh, This has been tons of value. Uh, Thank you guys for joining us, both Rory and Rev. Uh, Any final thoughts before we start to wrap it up and uh, open it up for Q&A? I would tell you to go. Thank you for having us. This is super fun. Um, and we're, we're here to help, but go download the ebook because there's actually some more tactics in there. We, we, we did it as five and we put in more in there. So, uh, you know, go get the ebook. There's some bonus tactics where we talk about, you know, how to maximize for for (laughs) swipe ups, you know, what you can do in Instagram live. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff. And then there's also, uh, you know, it's kind of hard. We're doing this as an audio podcast, right? It's kind of hard to do these things and not be able to show it to you. In the book, we have screenshots and examples and links, and it's literally a guide. Where do like we go to get that to book? Things. Where do we go? What's the website? Uh, so it's bit.ly, which is a bit.ly. If you don't know what a bit.ly yep. is, it's a link shortener. So bit.ly slash followers orders, right? bit.ly slash followers orders and it'll bring you right to the page. The ebook's free. We're not trying to charge money here. We want to help you. So go to b uh, bit.ly slash followers orders, put in your email address. You, you can get a link to download it right there. We're also going to send you an email and put it in right there. See what I just did? I did the call to action that I walked uh-huh. through the step. Yep. That's called the hand that's called the handheld close. Yep. And if you, <laughs> and if you can't remember all that, just head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash seven ninety nine. I'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, perfect. Do boom. that. Yeah. Uh, so I let, let's open it up for some uh uh for some questions. What do you guys have for questions? Uh, anybody, if you guys have questions, feel free just to throw your hands up. I know there are some questions going into the chat as we're going. Um, did you guys have any questions that you saw that you want to address first? Okay. I see one about how do you go about tagging other accounts, content, adding those to your guides. Okay. You actually don't need an approval process for it. I do it all the time on my account and I don't run a restaurant. So if you're doing, if you're tagging other accounts, the type of guide you're creating is uh, about basically like posts that you have saved. Okay. So the first step is you need to save any posts that you want to include in that type of guide. If you see that bookmark little icon next to a photo, you just tap it. And actually if you long tap it, you can create categories of saved posts. So I've got stuff on the back end of my Instagram. I've got saved posts I like for different holidays. I love talking about limited time offers. So I've got one about, you know, the best donuts for Mother's Day 2021, stuff about national shipment, stuff about uh, third party delivery, like all kinds of categories. So when I go to create my posts, I hit the uh, the guide button and then I hit posts. It pulls up all of your saved posts. So that could include your own posts, but it could also include your, you know, local business partners, anyone you collab with or that you want to highlight, that's not necessarily a hard sell. Um, and then, you know, you, you can just tap it, add it, you add a description. It walks you through pretty simply. Yeah. Yeah. Like let, let's say that there are some other businesses in town that you're close with. Maybe there's an, an, a barber or a nail salon or a, a home improvement store. Like there's other places that you're like on the same block as, or whatever you friends with the owner you guys could all create a guide of like other local businesses we approve, right? And you could have a plumber and a hardware store. And then if you get them to do that guide, hopefully you're like sending each other leads basically. You know what I mean? Got it. Um, Jay, oh, his hand is up. I love it. Using the tools. Um, 
go ahead and unmute your mic, Jay, and go and ask your question. Yeah, sure. So kind of following up on that. So it's a guide. So unless they're finding that, or is it showing like a post on your feed? Am I reposting almost like you'd share a story? So it's like a post within a post as far as someone else's content, or are they having to go a couple clicks in to find that guide, if that makes sense? Yeah, it's kind of hard to explain this stuff without a visual, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have your phone nearby? Sure. I'll walk you through real quick. So you basically just go to, you can go to my profile as an example, Donut Digest, and you'll see different icons at the, the top, top right? right? Right. So there's like the main grid, there's reels, there's IGTV, and then there's an icon that looks like a book. Right. That's guides. So, so if you tap on that, that's mm-hmm. where your guides are saved. Great. So as far as somebody seeing it, is it going to pop up on a feed ever or they're going to be they're going to have to been to my profile, swiped over and then found the guide. And then am I is there any way to redirect somebody directly to the guide, either from like a website, from a post and just send them in there versus them finding it four things over. And it looks like a book and they don't know because we're just learning. Yes. To, you know? Yes. No, that's a great question. So um, as of now, you cannot put the guide in your feed, you can share a guide to your stories. So okay. that is personally what I do whenever That'd I create work. a guide. I, um, you hit the you know three dots, you share to. Um, you could share to someone personally or you hit the paper icon, you share it to your stories. And then in your stories, you can you know tag the people in the guide. The other thing too is when you create a guide um, of other of products or you know like other people's posts, um, you can tag those people in the description and they're alerted to it. So okay. it's just going to get more reach that way. Um, one other thing I'll mention is that as of today, Instagram does not allow you access to analytics for your guides, which is unfortunate. But I suspect that will change in the coming months um, because, you know, if you can if you can see, for example, how many people are saving your guide to, you know, uh, I don't know, the gluten-free, you know, your gluten-free menu or your best summer barbecue items, then you're going to want to capture that information and reach out to those customers again. Okay, great. Thank you. Well, that was yeah. actually um, one of your questions you had, Jay, about analytics and retargeting. Um, it was. You, while I have, well, while you have the mic, do you want to dive deeper into that or did she answer your question? Pretty much answered it as far as like the um, the guide side of it, but let's go back to like the shoppable experiences. So, I mean, it makes sense whether, I mean, it seems like it makes sense whether anybody actually bought something online or not, just to be able to showcase your menu and have a little bit more depth in it. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, there's a single post and so it's kind of a flat area, but with these like shoppable experiences, here's a menu item we're clicking. Now you're seeing more menu items and it's kind of given everything in Instagram. I'm my question, I guess is, you know, that click one deeper into seeing that those shoppable, like kind of almost menu items or product guide kind of thing. Is that something that is tracked, you know, as far as analytics and then as far as someone clicking that and making an online order, are we able to retarget those people through like, you know, the, the Instagram and Facebook advertising by knowing that they have at least clicked. And is there any way for them to like put it up with those pixels to see like, not like we know they bought something, they went to the website, but do we know they went through this specific way through the shoppable like experience? I like the way you're thinking. You're getting really deep into the data here. I I honestly can't answer all of those questions, but I will say this. Um, Instagram, Facebook, any social media platform, these are tools for you to funnel customers into your systems. Okay. So the ultimate goal is actually to get their direct contact information. But the more action you do get someone to take, 
um, Rev, you might have a little more information on this, but the more action you get someone to take, the better chance you will be able to retarget them later with ads. But, you know, you don't have the, the contact information of your followers. You don't have their email addresses or their phone numbers. Once they order from you natively, you will. So that is really powerful information. Mm. And using these features will get them into your system quicker. Um, I have to imagine that there are ways that you can retarget folks that are interacting with your shops. You should be able to get analytics on that. Uh, Rev, do you have anything else to add there? Uh, amen. You, you definitely can go build custom audiences of people who have taken action on your profile, right? right. So it would specifically be somebody who tapped your guide. But, you know, I would look at it this way. Like, would knowing that somebody specifically clicked on a guide be uh, a tactful piece of information you could use? Yeah. Uh, but arguably, if they're tapping on anything, they're engaged, right? Yes, we got it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Wes, I see you with your hand up. Uh, before we come to you, Jay, any final questions while you have the mic? Um, I guess the last thing was, I mean, so the only order, I mean, only difference between those stickers requires you to go through one of these third-party platforms, like your Shopify or your Uber Eats or something like that. But the, but using the um, the Shopify area, I mean, it's directly to website if we want to, right? So we can link directly to anything we want to and shoppable, but as far as an actual sticker is only through those approved like third party things, right? You got it for for now. That could change. Great. Thank you. All right, Wes, coming to you. Feel free to unmute your mic. I'll lower your hand. Go for it. All right. So we're talking about the marketing side and I definitely uh, get that. So my concept is a board game cafe. So this is very... great information for me because, you know, winking everything into Instagram shoppable, Facebook uh, shoppable, and then having sort of native hosting on a website and pushing to that native host on the website. It's a really big deal for, for my concept in addition to merch and then food orders. Um, do you have a resource or someone that I should reach out to about sort of the back end of setting up that uh, I, I posted in the chat sort of a list of uh, the the partners that integrate with Facebook, uh, Shopify, Big Commerce, and others. Um, so setting that up to where that ties into my POS system. So I have my inventory management in one place, um, and then I'm able to use that to update sort of Facebook and then Instagram shop to make sure that people are buying things that I have inventory in as I push these orders out, but sort of the logistics of getting that all set up and talking to each other. Uh, it, I'm having some problems with that specifically integrating with toast. That was Do you lot. have a website set up yet? Not at this time. I would, because I'm trying to figure out what plat I, I have a Wix domain and I've started setting up through Wix, but it's just initial. Okay. Rev, were you going to say something? No, I don't have any expertise in building stores with Shopify or <laughs> sure. channel advisor. So, but I'm sure that there's a million people out there that uh, when I need help with something, I go to Upwork. <laughs> You go to okay. Upwork and I search for people that do the thing and then I hire them. Yeah. Upwork is great. And so is Fiverr. So F-I-V-E-R-R. And, yeah. and basically you're just. You know, I encourage the 4,000 people listening to this. If you know somebody who uh, is good at what Wes is looking for, feel free to reach out to me, Eric at restaurantstoppable.com. I will uh, connect you guys via email. Um, the power of you know, broadcasting requests out. Hopefully we, we get something to come back for you 
uh, Wes. Um, I don't see any other hands going up. Uh, so now is your last chance to ask your questions. If you have any questions remaining, going once, going twice. I think we are wrapped up. Rory and Rev, thank you guys so much for coming on the show and enlightening us around uh, how to migrate people from third party to your own platforms. Uh, really tons of great stuff here, especially with Instagram. Um, I was enlightened. I hope my listeners are too. Uh, before I let you go, this is something we do at the end of every episode. You already kind of gave us the call to action. Uh, first, uh, call somebody out. Rev, I'm going to put you on the spot. Rory already called somebody out two weeks ago. So who do you respect and admire in this industry? Somebody who, I mean, you've seen a lot of restaurants. You come across a lot of people. Who's crushing it and you think needs to be made an example of? Uh, Robert Garino. He is the CEO, and this is his words, head coach of Five Napkin Burger in New York City. (laughs) They have four locations, but he's a partner in nine other restaurants. So he's got 14 restaurants. He is involved in every part of his business and not at a micromanagement level. He has a working knowledge of what every single person's role is and what they need to get it done so that when they need something from him, he doesn't have to try to figure it out. Right. Mm -hmm. So like he hires the right people to do the right job. He lets them do the job. He understands enough about the job to help them when they need the support. And he's one of those people that understands that everything requires a budget. Right. Like you can't just be like, I'm not opening a budget for that. He asked, he doesn't ask the question of um, what if it doesn't work? He asked the question, well, what if it did work? Right. And so if you go to him and you go, Robert, here's this idea or here's this tech you need or here's the thing you should try. Robert's first inclination is not what most restaurant operators are, which is that's never going to work or I'm not interested. He's like, well, well, what if it did work? Like, what would that look like? And then he starts to explore from a curiosity standpoint. And he's really smart guy, really, really successful. The food at all his restaurants is amazing. And he's just, he's a lot of interesting things to say. So, and that was Robert hit me with the last name one more time. G U A R I N O Garino. All right, Robert Garino. Look, I'm coming after you. I'd love to get you on the show. And um, <laughs> we already have a call to action uh, to get the, the ebook again, head over to restaurant slash 799. I'll link to it right in there for you. And how can we connect with both you, Rory and Rev, if we want to follow your work or know more about you? What's the best way to connect? I'm pretty active on Instagram, as you would imagine. I'm at Donut Digest. Same with Facebook. And you can check out DonutDigest.com. Head to the blog section for tons of resources on marketing, social media tips, and everything in between. Go for it, Rev. Cool. I'm I'm at Rev Ziancio on every single social network. That's R-E-V-C-I-A-N-C-I-O. Most people are like, Rev, I don't spell that and can't <laughs> spell that. Uh, you can Google expert burger taster. I will be the top seven results. That's one way to find me. Uh, and I also run another Instagram account that has 344,000 humble brag followers called fun with fries. And the only pictures you will see on it are French fries. Mm. So if you're interested in French fries, go to fun with fries. And then there's a link to Rev Ciencio in that bio. So awesome. remember you asked the question earlier, should I link to other people in my bio? There's an example. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, beautiful. And I just another reminder that uh, Rory Balkin, her first episode was uh, actually you joined us during the pandemic, but your first full feature episode was 793. If you guys want to check that out, uh, be sure to check that out. Lots of calls to action today. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming to hang out and enlightening us. There is no questioning. You are both unstoppable. Well, thank you. Thank you for having <laughs> us. Happy to help. Thank you. 
There we go. Another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. I hope you all found value. The five ways to turn Instagram followers into orderers with Rory, Bulkin, and Rev. Sancho, uh, I, I knew I found value in today's conversation. And if it was a lot for you to kind of absorb, I highly recommend you go to the show notes, head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 799. Right at the top of that, the show notes will have the ebook, The Expert's Guide to Converting Followers into Orderers, right there in the show notes for you guys to find. And uh, it really does a great job of giving you visuals, step-by-step processes to fill in the blank. Uh, so if you are somebody like me who needs a little extra hand-holding to execute, then I really recommend you go grab that step-by-step ebook. Special thanks to our guest today, Rory and Rev. So this was a live recording in Restaurant Unstoppable Network. I'm putting you guys in contact with some of the best out there, some of the most bright authorities and uh, successful restaurateurs in the industry. And you can be a part of the, the, the conversation. All you got to do is head over to restaurantunstoppablenetwork.com or again, head over to the show notes, restaurantunstoppable.com slash 799. I'll have a link to join the network and, uh, in the network this week, we have another workshop tomorrow, actually, May 14th, past guest Ken Schwartz from SSA Design. Uh, he was recently on the show, and during that interview, we talked about ramping up for financial susta- sustainability. This is something that Ken does with all of his clients, all of his new clients, is he takes them through this practice to make sure that they're going to be financially sustainable uh, during the early months, the first six to 12 months of being in business, do you have the runway you need to be successful? You hear people all the time on the show say, make sure you have operating capital put aside for your first six to 12 months and whatever it is you think you need, double it. We're going to be talking about all the things that you do not consider to put aside for, to save for, to, to be financially stable. So that's tomorrow in the network. Head over to the show notes, join the network, be a part of that conversation, and we'll see you there. All right, guys, until next time, peace out.